welcome to Contemporary Film and Video Games. Uh, we've both been out of action for a little while. Wait, did you I'm start sure you on know. a cough? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you can't start on a cough. Not nowadays. It's not a thing. I know, but it's it's we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you've got to uh... <laughs> you've got to let everybody know that you've got corona. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I hope everyone is keeping very healthy. And if you're listening to this in the future, I hope we beat it. Um, <laughs> how's it been, Connor? How have so, you uh, been? Shall we introduce it? It's been it's been so long we've not introduced ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You know what's actually quite interesting? Before we go into this episode, we originally started doing this podcast. I know you came to me with the idea because we didn't really spend much time hanging out with each other anymore. Yeah, and you wanted to like speak more. Yeah. And, and talk more and, and it's quite interesting that the entire world has a bit of a pandemic and a lockdown meaning that a we can't hang out but b we have more time to just sit at home and play video games well i have more time to sit at home and play video games yeah. i am i am currently comfortably out of work uh but you're working from home and yeah. getting getting your it's still uh, all hands on deck at your end i believe yeah it is so i'm connor if you don't know already. And I'm Adam. Yeah. Are you finding are you finding you've got more time to play video games because you can kind of take out the travel time going to and from work now? Yeah, now without my commute, um it's it it's got really easy for me to just pick up so I'll finish work, walk downstairs and then I'm playing Animal Crossing and then then I'm done for the night. That's that's me for the entire night. How are you finding Animal Crossing? Well, We've moved on to that set of topic quite quickly, much quicker than I expected. I'm finding it incredible. It's it's very similar to the old games, but they've made minor improvements across the board that have just made it more interesting. They've introduced um it's called a nook mile system. And it's a what? Nook miles. So if you you don't play it, do you, Adam? Like No. People I should bought know Wild it. World. And then I returned it a day later for Pokemon Leaf Green. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I don't want to be that person, but I am going to be that person. I just don't understand. Well, my best, well, my best way to describe it is that it's just a really relaxing payment, lo- loan, pay, lo- loan repayment game. <laughs> That's basically all you do. Um, but... I'm enjoying it, man. Like they've added so many decent little features. They've added so the nook mile system that I was on about before is a system in which you do little tasks, so little achievements, and then you get rewarded with nook miles, like you would an airline get like miles for flying more. So you yeah. catch a certain bug and you'll get three hundred nook miles, and then you can spend the nook miles on getting different items, or you can turn it into bells and you can pay off your loan and all this sort of stuff. Um, it's a very, very good mechanic to add to a game that was sort of, if you didn't give yourself a task, would sort of become endless uh, in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. So on top of the nut miles, they've just, it's it's like quality of life stuff. Stuff you didn't think you want in the old games, but you definitely do. They've they've added like you can control, you have more control over your villagers now. You can run through your plants and they don't die, which is a big thing. <laughs> what yeah. was that? Was that a big problem in the old game? Well, in the old games, like you'd run through a plant, and if you did it like three times, I think 
it would just destroy destroy it and a, a part of the game is getting like breeding plants breeding yeah so as you, in like growing yeah but like as in like crossbreeding oh so you get like a red pansy and a pink and a orange pansy and then you get like a pink one or whatever and it's a big part of the game and a lot of people do it but if you ran through them they they'd die so they've they've added that I think the best way to describe, like, I'm not really into, you know, all this mindful meditation stuff people do now. Mm. You know, think about your surroundings and all this sort of stuff. I've never really been on for that. I just feel like, I don't know, it's a bit ridiculous. But now, with this, I sort of understand it. It's just so right. relaxing. It's really, it's nice to turn off. And especially now that, like, we're tra- trapped indoors, with, like, 23-7. Se- <laughs> you know, we, we're only allowed out for an hour once a day really um yeah so having a little thing where i get to run around i can do work in a virtual garden i can go fishing i can visit tropical islands it's it's oddly relaxing in this climate it's almost as if nintendo planned it planned the release around coronavirus or planned coronavirus well they delayed it and then it Corona started, and then they released it at the. I'm not saying Nintendo caused. You say corona. the Japanese are behind <laughs> the modifications of the strain of bat virus. Yeah. From the corona. Okay. Um, yeah. You know what? It sounds. It, it it sounds very appealing, um, and I certainly do like little lazy games that you can pick up that you can play at a nice casual pace and have a lot of depth to them. I think. I don't mean it in the sense that I think the concept's stupid because I'm someone that will spend hours just doing absolutely nothing in Minecraft. I think just unfortunately for me, and I say unfortunately, genuinely, is that I've, I've seen a few bits of the trailer and gameplay and I'm like, meh, no, that's not really for me. Um, but I think it is, uh, it's, it's certainly, well, put it this way, a lot of my friends, about 20 to 30 of my friends have it. So it's definitely worth, well, it's definitely one to watch. What so. the... I mean, I imagine most people listening to this have either already got it or are not interested. But it's one of those if you've played if you've played Animal Crossing before, I'd hundred percent recommend it. Mm. And if you're just looking for like an escape, I'd recommend it if you've got a Switch. Yeah, I mean the Switch is pretty much like gold dust right now. I've had a few friends get in touch with me asking, you know, which Switch they should get, and I'm normally quite adamant that buying the regular Switch is the best option because you know you're only paying an extra. 70 pounds but yeah. you get in obviously a bigger screen it's a lot more flexible in terms of what it does you can dock it with the telly and then they're like right okay where do i get one from and they're like i don't know like game or amazon and and then it's like no no there's none in stock yeah and there's a very long lead until they get them back in and obviously what with everything going on now you know corona wise it's um not looking like they're going to get them anytime soon so i have seen a lot of friends posting that they've recently purchased um lights and you know for those that aren't really big gamers anyway, it's practical for them. You know, it's just like a Game Boy. Um, so I think this is definitely going to benefit Nintendo going forwards, especially to get more casual gamers hooked. It's like what they did with the Wii. You know, it was like one in three households in England or in the UK um, at one point had a Nintendo Wii. And yeah. I imagine these were families that would probably never really bother with games consoles before. But... You know, now it's easy for families to just pick up and, you know, get a few lights for the kids and stuff. And, you know, it's it's a game that isn't, I imagine, too violent. No. well, Except that, for running through bushes. 
except for running for destroying plants. I, I did find you can hit your villagers, and they do not okay. like it. I found that with this, Nintendo have definitely profited off Corona. Uh, the amount of people I know who have bought Switches purposely for Animal Crossing, yeah, um, and people who weren't necessarily like may have been slightly interested, but now have got so much downtime. They're just like, well, I may as well get it. I may as well play it. Yeah, I've got a few friends that have bought, like I say, bought Switches because they're just, you know, they're gonna, they know they're gonna be indoors for several weeks or more. I mean, you know, at time of recording this, we are what two? Well, this would be the beginning of the third week, properly since, uh, for me anyway, it's the beginning of the third week of isolation. Yeah, second. I think second week since. Well, it's been one week since. Our dear supreme leader opted for us to stay in and yeah. lock down. I think I've been off work now for nearly three weeks uh, as my, my comp- company uh, thankfully made the decision to shut up shop a little bit sooner. Yeah, but, um, same here. What have you been playing other than that? Have you been playing anything else other than Animal Crossing or has it literally just been that? It's mainly been that. Be- shortly before... So it's been a while since we recorded. We said we'd record... Again, and then things happened, and I went away, you went away, and we just didn't get around to recording in February, which was unfortunate. Yeah. And then, to be fair, we didn't get record- around to recording until the very last day of March. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we've done all right. We've That means we've, I mean, what, we did, we did two episodes in January. Yeah. We're doing one now. That's like, that's still one a month. Yeah. Basically. We've, we've got, we've got a really high success rate. Um for recording at least one a month but yeah over the over than animal crossing before then i was in like a bit of a lull i was trying loads of games like i I finally bought nino kuni which is a game that i'd been sort of watching for a while and i picked it up on a sale but it was still 30 quid and i played Mm. about two hours of it and i could not get into it it was just horrendous oh gameplay or controls everything i just didn't like it it's it's an rpg and I was intrigued by the design because it's a, it's been like designed by uh, people who work with Studio Ghibli, or our Studio Ghibli. I can't remember exactly, but either way, the design is heavy Ghibli, or Ghibli. I don't know how you say it. Ghibli is how I say it. And I was really intrigued by that. The reviews are always overwhelmingly positive for it, and I've put it off for years. I finally picked it up, and I just I ca- I cannot get into it. It just seems far too sort of childish for an RPG. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, well, JRPG, I couldn't get into it. Other than that, it's just loads of mini games. Like I've, I was playing Into the Breach, really enjoyed that, which is a, a, a real-time strategy, no, a turn-based strategy game. Um, Into the Breach? Yeah. I tried to play a bit of Banner Saga, couldn't do that. I finished Mario Kingdom Battle. That was really good. But other than that, no, I've been sort of waiting completely on Animal Crossing. Oh, I've been playing... So, like I mentioned last time, I'm using... I'm now a subscriber to Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. And I've been a big fan of What the Golf, which is I played just what a fun golf, little yeah. golf game. Yeah, But I think the one that's actually starting to take up a lot of my idle time at the moment is mini motorways and i never played mini metro and i know that's now on a lot of platforms but mini motorways for those that don't know well if you've played mini metros it's just the same but it's cars instead of trains 
Um, but the idea is there are houses and <laughs> that's fine. Um, so an interesting thing here in, in my side of the uh, recording studio yeah. is that my housemate um, tests games for me. Um, he's currently playing Apex Legends, um, but he's got his headset on. But it's just been unplugged, so that's what that loud noise was there right. coming through the telly. I, I mean, I was going to um, cut all of that out, but I suppose now I can't. Well, now you know that I've got a, an official games tester for me that plays the games that I don't have the time to play <laughs> um, and then reviews them for me. So there you go. But yeah, mini motorways, it's, I feel like it's rigged. I feel like it's designed to intentionally get you stuck at certain points. Yeah. I feel like I'm coming up against a brick wall of the limitations of the, how they've made the game. You, but at the same time, it's just fun to just keep going. Do you find that sometimes you'll build a... I mean, if, for those that don't know, mini motorways is basically a game where different... Uh, houses will pop up and then destinations for the cars so it'll be a red house and it'll have a red destination and the cars have to drive from one end to the other end and then back and you've got to draw the motorways and you get given a certain amount of resources and as you progress you get given more but you have to do certain things to get more blah 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 it's a really simple mechanic but do you often find that sometimes you'll just have a corner that stops working um i what I'm a little bit confused about is whether, let's say you've got two, I don't know, blue buildings, mm -hmm. and obviously you've got a load of blue houses all over the map. I'm trying to, I need to know what, let's say they both have an equal number of um, pins on them, you know, requirement, you know, so many cars need to go to. Yeah. Is there, is it just the closest houses to them are the ones that attract those cars? Or I, sometimes I find that like all my blue houses, send all the blue cars to like, if they find that there's a nice smooth route that gets them to a particular blue building in time, they'll just go there and they end up neglecting like another one. So you'll end up having like a new blue house that appears and no none of the cars go to it and it literally just times out really quickly. Yeah, that that's a mechanic I've never thought about. Maybe I built my motorways slightly differently, but I did often find certain ones were just timing out and it was just frustrating but i found it with houses that were close enough to it yeah it would still I've, happen I've, I've read that um one person was saying don't don't feel like you need to connect everything and i got a little bit confused because i was assuming like you know you need to have all the cars connected to all the roads but mm. in in some cases like if you've got a a building and you've got like two or three houses going to it that will supply it that is enough so then don't join it up to another set of the same colours because then you run the risk of those cars driving somewhere else. Yeah. So if you just leave them all in little, like, villages almost instead of, like, you know, instead of one big connected city. But then again, there's only so long you can do that for until it just gets out of hand. So, yeah, and you have to start um, Yeah, like, yeah. But that's, yeah. So I've been trying to just dive into a few games on there that I wouldn't normally play just because... I've got it. I've got the service, you know, and it's not like you have to pay for individual games or anything. So I like that. That's that's taking up a bit of my time. So is that basically the only game you've been playing then? Yeah, yeah. So I basically made that out like I was dipping in and out of loads of different games, but ultimately I am. But I know you paying. Well, I'm. I'm just. I'm just getting. I'm just using mini motorways. I know you have finally completed Zelda. Mm. Oh yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, we can talk about that now. Yeah. Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Amazing. Yes, a friend let me uh, borrow it. Now that I'm in lockdown, I will have it hopefully for indefinitely. 
I'm, I'm kidding. If you are listening, I will get it back to you. Um, How? What I really like is... I don't know. Um, what I do really like is that once you've kind of done each dungeon, you then unlock the dungeon pieces for the shack so that you can make your own dungeon. Yeah, so that... So I do like the fact that I can play the missions. Like, my, my housemate was watching me do the dungeons, and then I would then build a dungeon for them him to do afterwards. Um, so it's almost like a multiplayer, in a way. Yeah, so I find, I find that quite interesting, because I never I never dealt with that mechanic. Because, obviously, I was playing it on, on my own. I've not really got anybody watching me. I just blitzed through the game and thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, for, for a game, a lot of people, I remember a lot of reviews were saying that it was quite short, but I found mm. for a game that was at one point a Game Boy game, it was it, yeah. it was a decent length. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get through it too quickly at all. I really enjoyed every single dungeon. The, the, only, the only things that started to really bug me about it was there was that little bit of lag going from area to area. And if there was too many things on screen, it would cause a bit of lag. And apparently that's completely based on the... Tilt shift. Tilt shift, that's it. It's the oh, tilt shift ca- it makes camera thing. Like a little village, like a model, like yeah. sets. So apparently mm. someone hacked hacked it and pulled that out and the game runs perfectly smooth. So the thing that's actually killing the game in terms of its ru- it running potential is purely the tilt shift, the tilt shift camera effect. mode. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I liked it. It was just a nice little remake that was in a new style. You know, it was quite a nice art style, and I think it was it was good that they did it the way they did. If you know, they didn't really take anything out from the original because that was the first um, Zelda game. Not the first Zelda game I had, but it was the first Game Boy one. Yeah, and it was it was good. It was nice to have another Zelda game to play in between the sort of lull of Zelda games that there is currently. Yeah. Especially with us knowing that there's a new one on the horizon. It was, it was nice to play that. The other game I've played, and I completely forgot before when we were saying it, it has been a long time, is I started and finished Luigi's Mansion 3. Ah. Which was an incredible game with some massively frustrating levels in it. It was a game that... It's got boss levels that sometimes don't explain themselves. There'll be a mechanic that's introduced like an, a level earlier and then you come to the boss and that mechanic will be needed. But it doesn't refresh refresh your memory that you need, yeah, to, yeah. you need to use it. So you end up dying. So there was two bosses in the game that I had to look up guides on. I just kept getting stuck. And they, yeah. were, they were some of the easiest bosses to beat once you know the mechanic. But I just kept forgetting it. it was, there was a King Arthur one where you had to shoot shoot something at him to attack him or you had to hide or whatever. I can't remember, but I kept getting it wrong and I couldn't figure it out. I looked at the, looked at a, uh, a guide to it and it was just, it was simple. I was just not shining my light at him, but it just didn't seem possible yeah, at yeah, the time. Yeah. I know what you mean. Which was frustrating, but I'd, I'd, I'd really recommend that game if you've not played it. Um, yes. Um, I have the case for it, but the game cartridge is... In another friend's switch, um, oh, yeah. so I, I have access to it in theory. Uh, so once the quarantine is over, perhaps I will be graced with the game. Uh, so and I'll definitely give it a go. We've sort of flipped the podcast on its head a bit. It's not like we've got a great deal of episodes where our format was strong um, to begin well, with. Well, this is trying. This is this is new and exciting quarantine times, Connor. So 
yeah. I feel that this is a purely organic, ongoing process of of, of podcasting. Yeah, um, this is a bit more. It's a bit more loose than we've tried to be in the past. Mm. So we'd normally start with like news or some form of form of news, but at the moment, the current climate, the current pandemic, has been that everything's just getting cancelled, and it's yes. not. It's not fun. Such as my flights to Berlin last uh, last week and. And my, my flights to Barcelona. Flights, yep. And potentially my flights to Iceland uh, next month. So it's And not by good. potentially, Adam, definitely your flights to well, Iceland will be cancelled. Well, e- EasyJet have said that they're cancelling. The, the, well, okay, so the media has said EasyJet are grounding all flights. Yeah. Speak to EasyJet and they go, we're cancelling most flights except for some, such as ones going out of London. Now, I'm flying from Manchester, and it says you can check the flight status in the app. And I do, and it says scheduled, like it's not been cancelled. So my, Mine was the same cool no. until a couple of days ago. But anyway, to get back to cancelled, the biggest gaming event of the year, arguably, was cancelled, mm. E3. I mean, it's old yeah. news now. Everybody will have already heard it. And but the reason... Go on. Going back, just quickly, mini segue before we go back into it. Who doesn't always show at E3 and just does their own live stream? Nintendo. And who released Animal Crossing amidst a time when everyone's at home? Nintendo. I think you're onto a conspiracy here. Yeah. Did Nintendo cause Corona? Did they engineer doing their Nintendo Direct treehouses in advance to prepare for an event where there is no E3 ever? Yeah. It's crazy times that a games company can cause a pandemic, but yeah. I think it's happened. A lot of people died today, Connor. I know. It's it's horrendous, really, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, well, on to the more uh, pressing news. E3 has been cancelled. <laughs> Sony already pulled out of it. Wait, Sony already were pulling out of it, weren't they? So, so E3 he... haven't cancelled because of Corona, have they? They've just, they've, just, they've just looked at Microsoft and Microsoft have gone, should we just do our own? And then they've gone, yeah, all right, we'll just, we'll just cancel all this. Well, the, this is the this is the big thing. Before before Corona was as big as it currently was, there was rumours E three might get cancelled as is because companies were pulling out left, right, and centre because of um, some bad practices with the ESA who ran it. Yeah. Um. So the re- the reason I want to talk about it one E three for me. I don't know about you, Adam. E three is always the biggest event of the year for me. I. I make sure I watch every press conference. I get really excited for basically a giant commercial for video games that I'll later buy. Uh, But I get excited about it, and I always do every single year. This year was looking a bit dim because, a bit dismal even, because big companies were pulling out. Sony had pulled out. I think Microsoft were, there was rumours beforehand that Microsoft might pull out, although they are semi-connected to the ASA in some way, so I'm not entirely sure there. Nintendo would have just done their standard, they would have have had a presence live at the show, but then they just do their Nintendo Direct from Japan, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, So the main reason I want to bring E3 up is, do you think this Corona will be the death nail for E3? Because now every company this year is going to do their own thing because they do they can't do E3. So will they get similar results? Personally, I think they will. Like A lot of these companies will live stream their games, their consoles and stuff, and 
there'll be just the same amount of hype. Yeah, I think you've got to look at the numbers. I mean, there are, like you say, when E3 comes out, you've got how many thousands or millions of people potentially around the world that will tune in and stream to watch it. Now, there are infinitely more people watching it online than there are in those big event rooms. Yeah. We're seeing it live. And all you're really doing is telling that few thousand people, yeah, sorry, you're just going to have to watch it at home with these other millions of people. So, you know, when when I'm watching it, the focus isn't really on the audience or the audience engagement. That's a lot of stuff that we don't see. Um, And the same goes for, um, you know, in June, another thing that I'm quite interested in is the Apple WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conferences. Mm -hmm. And they've opted this year to do a load of kind of like live stream hosting things. You know, they do a lot, all these, all these kind of conferences all start with everyone being able to access it from anywhere in the world. So yes, it will be a shame for those people that like to go and for the people that may have had tickets but for me, just as someone that sits and watches it at home and doesn't fly to America to watch this stuff, it doesn't really change anything directly. But it would be interesting to see how it, you know, how games developers and these production houses change how they market themselves. Because obviously, yeah. I know like one of the shows when I think it was Forza, or like they brought a car on that was. Yeah. I mean, you could still you could still have a stage you could still have a bit of hype but it would just be to a to an empty room with a few people like so i, mean, I guess they wouldn't even bother no they might not bother that's the thing it might just all be announcements that's the biggest argument i've seen that people think e3 will come back is that there are the gaming de- the game developers who make you know meet people there and cut deals and stuff at e3 but apparently a lot of that happens at GDC now, which was also cancelled. Is that the so, one in Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just not sure how... Re- I'd personally be quite sad if E3 disappears because it's been like a little ritual of mine for years. Like, I'll yeah. make sure I watch it. I always get excited about it. But it may it would make sense. If if it died, what's, what's the point? Like, it makes no sense for Microsoft and Sony to go to that room. Yeah, and if you think of it going back to like, you know, when Apple or Samsung release new phones, they both don't do it in the same building together at the same time. They do it, you know, worlds apart. So I think, yeah, unless everyone, all these kind of like festivals and events and and key spaces decide to kind of rejuvenate next year, realistically, E3, you know, the, the producers of E3 might turn around and go, oh, wow, we had such a big streaming turnout but we've saved loads of, you know, uh, I guess the ticket sales, but yeah, what's the point, you know? This is the thing, like, realistically, ESA were the only ones that would make money on the ticket sales. The others would just feature there and potentially pay to do stuff. And obviously Xbox, Sony, uh, Nintendo, they would all pay for these huge presences. You know, like, we've got this huge, like, for instance, getting their car there, Getting Keanu Reeves there, you know what I mean? That's not yeah. cheap. Yeah, yeah. But now, na- but now they're gonna save on all of that because yeah. there's no, there's no show. Yeah. And Nintendo have been doing their, which I think we can move on from E3. Nintendo have been doing their directs for years now, and they announce things successfully and sometimes unsuccessfully uh, via those. 
and the most recent one, yeah, I, I mean, would this... say was quite unsex- unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah, I think I when the Nintendo Directs come on, I watch them kind of like gritting my teeth because they. I don't know if it's something that's lost in translation, but when the presenter kind of like tells you something like they've got this really big exciting thing and it's like something that we know a lot of people have been waiting for and i'm like metro prime 4 metro prime 4 f-zero whatever and they're like it's an add-on pack for this jrpg that doesn't really sell outside of japan and i'm like I've never even heard of the game, let alone this new character. That and 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 then they'll be like, "Oh yeah, and by the way, um, Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer, yeah, that'll be out as well, like next month." And I'm like, "Whoa, wait, what? Like, yeah. hang on a minute, that was that was an amazing game, still is an amazing game, based on the uh, popular sport pod racing from the best Star Wars film." Um, yeah, so like that's that's incredible, like that's a cool thing, and and basically that they they. they skipped over the fact that that is an N64 port, which yeah. means that we're now at the point where they are port- going to be porting N64 games, and they didn't well, even like have a huge fanfare about it. It was the same with Doom 64. That got ported. That recently released. So I, do, I did find this mini direct quite interesting, that basically there wasn't anything Nintendo in this direct. There was a lot of semi-exciting titles that pe- you know people are looking forward to. There's a lot of Star Wars games that they announced on there. You've got a lot of the 2K games. You've got, uh, what is it, Borderlands. And I think Bioshock was in it. The thing is, yeah, this one was so underwhelming. I sort of semi-tuned out. And the only things I was even remotely interested in was Ring Fit got a, um, a, mu- a, a timed music mode. I can't remember what it's called. No. Like what a just it? dance kind of thing. Yeah. Um, right. Which I found quite interesting because I sort of want a ring fit. It's a bit they're odd. good, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, I've not got one, but I've, like I say, in a, I know I mentioned it in a previous podcast. I've used one, and I got tired very quickly. Um, so you know, if they start introducing new game styles and maybe all those kind of spin-offs into it, it definitely be something that people would. You could just keep churning out ring fit yeah. games based on other stuff, which we've discussed in one of our. Uh, was it Ring Fit Pokemon Go? Yeah, which would have been incredible. Although yep. now Pokemon Go is a no-go. Yep, no more yep. Po- Pokemon don't go outside, please. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon stay um, home. But yeah, so I, th- I think this Direct was... And a lot of people online are saying the same thing. It's clear that they were saving something with this Direct. And they've just... in Even in the way they put it out, they didn't announce it, they just dropped it. Which they never do. They always announce it at least a day before, saying, "Oh, this we've got a new Nintendo Direct. It's going to be about this, or it's going to be a general Direct, or whatever." But they didn't. They just dropped it. They sort of shadow dropped it, which was a bit odd. And I think it's because the games, the big games, they do want to announce. They're unsure whether they can release now, and that moves sort of swiftly onto the rumors that came about last day or two, which is this year is the 35th anniversary of Mario. I'm not sure which one, whether it's the total of Mario or not. And the rumour is that they're going to release a load of Mario games remakes on the Switch this year. I'm not sure whether to believe this or not, because they do generally make a bigger fanfare about their remakes. So 
I don't know, but the idea of being able to play the Mario Galaxy games, that would be amazing. Mario Sunshine again. That even better, good. Mario 64. Yeah. So, I don't know, what do you think? Because Nintendo, from from their direct, they have not announced any AAA official Nintendo games for this year. Animal Crossing was now their last one. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely got... Here's the thing. They've, they've, they're sitting on this gold mine of... Um, old games, you know, they've done the NES library, they've done the SNES library. It's time, it's time for you know some N sixty four stuff, which, like I say, they've they've obviously like like we discussed, they're releasing a few, but they're not making a bit of a fanfare about it, and I want that yeah. kind of hype. So if they do say, you know, starting with Mario, here's uh, Mario sixty four. And, you know, they go on further with, you know, Mario Sunshine as well. And then maybe even Galaxy, because we know they've done, you know, Wii U ports of like yeah. Wind Waker. So they've certainly got the control and the technology to port all these games upwards, up the chain, back to Switch or up to Switch. So yeah. they just, but they just need to do it because they're, they're, we're literally here ready wallets, you know, money clutched in hand. Like, take the money because we want the games. I want to have them all in one place that I can just pick up and play. They've been they've done a pretty good job making some of these games um multiplayer. Yeah. Uh for you know, it, games that were never you'd never think of playing it online and yet, you know, there's old old like eighties and nineties games. So yeah, they just need to do it. It's it's the right time. Like I know I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I say it a lot in real life. If they just released Pokemon Red, Blue, Silver, and Gold on the Switch, I'd play it nonstop. Yeah. I'd I'd pay 20, 30 quid for full price. I don't care. I'd buy it. And that's similar with a lot of the Mario games. I know for a fact if they put Mario 64 on there, I'd buy it. It doesn't really matter what the cost was. Same with Sunshine, because I've not played that since I was a kid, and I absolutely loved just jumping up onto the building grabbing the Yoshi, and then jumping back down. That's all I did, I just, over and over and over again, just jumping about. Um, oh, because, yeah, he was in He was in that, wasn't he? Yeah. I never played Mario Galaxy, because my family had a Wii, but I was at the age, when, when Wiis came out, I was like 16. So I wasn't spending a great deal of time with my family. I was more interested in spending time with my now wife. Yeah. So that paid off. Um, but I haven't played the Mario Galaxy games and I'd absolutely love to, but there's no way I'm going to set up a Wii now. I can't be bothered. Yeah. I like, this is it. I'm in this two minds about like what to do with like the consoles, you know, I've got the space to kind of like set them all up, but then there's just loads of plugs and wires everywhere. And then it's, do you want to just play the games that you've got back again on the older consoles or do you sort of consolidate them all digitally on the new ones? Because there's certainly a few games that there are a few games out there where there are several different versions of it, digital and physical, on yeah. a, a variety of consoles. And it's kind of like, you know, not kind of like one of those diehard collectors that would buy it in every single format, but you want the most streamlined play. Yeah, of, of, of something, and you know, and that's why it's kind of. I've just recently bought a new hard drive, external hard drive for my Xbox One. Yeah, it's like you know four terabytes because I was I had 
measly 500 gigabytes or about 360 gigs with Microsoft's formatting um, on my Xbox. So it's like, you know, I've got Halo on there, Destiny, Grand Theft Auto, and then you can maybe squeeze something else on there. And so I really didn't play my Xbox much because the games that I had installed, I was kind of getting a little bit bored of, but they'd still be the games I go back to. And so I'd be reluctant to uninstall them to put something else on because of how long it takes to kind of just reinstall them again. And all my games are digital for Xbox purely because they need to be downloaded anyway and installed. I know I remember with the Xbox 360, that was like a an option, which yeah. made some of the games load faster, although some were optimized to be better on the disc. So that's, you know, that was clearly when they were kind of teasing it. And I feel like I am going off a bit of a tangent here, but it's kind of, it's, it's going to, you know, you've got, the discless Xbox One S that's very cheap at the moment. There's a lot of sales on because yeah. people are at home. And it, this is good for, um, you know, someone reached out to me and I was like, you know, get this Xbox. I think Xbox One X from the Microsoft store, 260 quid. And it's normally well, five, yeah. like nearly 500. Which, which is insane. And now that you think about the, they're doing the whole games as a service system. So yeah. buying, a, buying a discless Xbox and then getting Xbox uh, Games Pass that's a perfectly viable option. There's so many yeah, games yeah. on there. Uh, I think last I checked, GTA Five is on. GTA Five is on the uh, the Games Pass, yeah. and that's a ma- that's a, that's a huge game. It's massive. So just buying buying that and being able to download the games, it's a hu- it's a huge thing. Yeah. And I've always been. I'm a fi- I'm a physical games buyer. Like I like having the cartridges for my Switch. Yeah, the, with the Switch, I like I like the little red boxes. It's neat yeah. and tidy. And again, I do get that fear that you know, if, if a few friends put it into my head that if you want to then come back and play these things in a few years' time or 10, 20 yeah. years' time, are oh, the servers going to be offline? Are you not going to be able to download them? But then I think mm, we're going towards this thing now where the digital games that I'm buying are ones which I had as physical ones for like my N64 or for yeah. my SNES. And so in 10 or 20 years time, I'd hope that all the games are all playable on this weird kind of crystal pearl that I just like put on top of a little hologram thing and then plug this thing into my brain. Like, so yeah, it's, I like the fact that the new series X comes with a disc because right now, not all my Xbox original games are digital. So it's yeah. it's that kind of it it's kind of future proofing itself and retrograding like retrofitting itself yeah. until like until Xbox make the decision to make all games digital and retrofit all old games digital, then I still need a disc drive. And I think yeah. that's where I'm at with like the Switch and Nintendo wanting to, you know, that's why I still might plug my Nintendo sixty four in once in a blue moon. Because until they've got all those games on the Switch, I've still got a need for that physical console, as well as the 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 posterity factor or the kind of the the niceness of it. Yeah, well, I mean that that's what I say. Like, so I've always bought physical, and because I I bought physical, I, it, my my theory was I always have those games, but that's not the case. It's it's slowly getting to the point now where physical games that are releasing now in the year 2020 and 2019 and going forward a lot of these even with a physical thing you still have to download you still have to connect to a server you still have to do this yeah. so the idea of back- day one updates <laughs> 60 gig exactly. download as soon as you put the disc in 100 percent. and some games just won't work without those updates so even though i've 
always been a disc buyer, a cartridge buyer, and I will do that to keep the games and I can keep them for years. Soon that won't matter. No. And Animal Crossing is the first big AAA title in a long time that I've bought digitally because wow. one, because I forgot to buy a cartridge and I just wanted to play it. So I, I got the, you know, the 80 quid game pass thing where you can get two games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, was that your that. first, was that your first purchase on it? That was my first purchase. Yeah. So you're, still, you're saving your next one. For later I'm saving my next one, hopefully for breath of the wild, but I'll yeah. get to that in a second. I now believe that like, there's almost no point in those collections past the 360 and the PlayStation 3. A lot of yeah. these games have been tied to a server that will get closed. Yeah. And once it's closed, you can't play the game. So there's no point having the disc. You may as well have it digitally. The only yeah. argument against that is that stores will, like DuckTales, I think was an example for it, um, they removed it from the store. So even though you, you may have paid for it and downloaded it, if you currently didn't have it on your console and then went tr- tried to re-download it, you didn't have the option because they deleted it from the stores. So oh. They pulled it. Was there any reason why they'd done that? Uh, I think it was a licensing thing. It, na- it's now back on stores. Right, okay. But it was a big controversy with it. People owned the game, but they didn't own the game. Yeah. If you had deleted it from your hard drive, which... With every single console, you can delete a game that you own from your hard drive and then re-download it because you yeah. own it. But with this particular game, you couldn't you couldn't re-download it, and it brought up a whole. These are games. As are you just licensing these games? Yeah, that makes me think going forwards. I mean, you know, these games are what between on average between forty and sixty pounds, right? Yeah, and based on that. And how long and you know how big and detailed some of these games are, like Grand Theft Auto, and how much playability they have outside yeah. of the campaign, you can find yourself maybe only buying one or two games a year. Yeah. But even when you break that down, let's say you buy two games, sixty, you know, it's one hundred and twenty quid. That's like a tenner a month. And I am yeah. thinking now, if we are getting to that point where we don't care as much about the boxes on the shelf. Yeah, and and physically owning them now. Yeah, and there's still that kind of limitation of not owning it, even if we buy a digital download. Are yeah. we just, you know, going to get to a point where we're just going to think, along with, you know, going from buying a CD in the store in HMV, rest in peace, to paying £8 for the album on iTunes, and then now you're just paying £10 a month to stream on, you know, Apple Music yeah. or Spotify. I don't know. Are we going to get to a point where... Anybody buys music anymore. Yeah. Are we just going to get to a point now where I'm going to think, you know what, screw it, sign me up for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate Extreme, whatever it's called. I'll pay 10 to £15 a month, and that's me sorted. I can have anything I want. Well, Do you reckon you'd do that? Well, this, this is my point. Like, So with the... Whilst we whilst we've been away, both PlayStation and Xbox have released their specs for their next gen consoles, and you know they're all multitudes of teraflops and the fast and whatever. Um, however, it is clear now that the Xbox Series X is the more powerful machine, and Sony is dragging their dragging their feet with it. But the combination of the Xbox being a more powerful machine and the fact that they've got Games Pass and they're far more backwards compatible than Sony are, the Xbox Series X has got my purchase for the next gen. Yeah. 
I mean, Nintendo will always be a console that I buy. I love Nintendo to my core. I am a Nintendo gamer. But I always flip between Xbox and PlayStation, depending on what games they've got. But Xbox's, Xbox's um, releases and their Games Pass have just made it a much more enticing prospect. I'd much prefer a Series X to a, a PlayStation now for the one or two games on PlayStation that they released that I really want i.e. Spider-Man, and potentially another Horizon. But that's two games. I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot of people like The Last of Us. I think the story for The Last of Us is really good, but I didn't enjoy playing the game. I'm not, I don't like horror games. But I think it is It is a big thing now, that like having these games as a service, the, the Games Pass has proved itself time and time again to be what gamers want, because people yeah. don't care about owning the games anymore. No. And... I'm all in on, you know, there's been rumours that the Series X might release a full subscription model, console included. Yeah. You're like maybe 60, 70 quid a month. Well, they do. Get- they do. Um, sorry, with the, I don't know if you've seen it, with the Xbox One S and the X, you can yeah. pay monthly. You pay um, £20 a month for the console over two years with Game This Pass. is with us. It's with a certain uh, retailer, though, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. So it's with uh, Game or Smith's Toy Store. So yeah. it'd be Game for me because it's just around the corner from work. Yeah. Um, now, funnily enough, because a friend reached out saying they were wanting to get one, what should they do? I was going through sort of specs, and ideal scenario would be at this time of year or this time in its generation, you know, buy an X. Yeah. They went for an S, but it's it's fine. You know, not going to be kind of hammering it. Don't need don't need the X. Um, yeah. And obviously, with coronavirus, you can't go to the game store to get the monthly pan plan. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think when Xbox or when Microsoft first mentioned the Xbox One being all digital and it'd have to be online, obviously they backtracked because loads of people didn't like it. But I was one of those at yeah. the front of the queue, like, yeah, you know what? Sign me up. Like, if I don't have to buy discs and I can just have everything digital, the promise was that things were going to be cheaper because of the yeah. production costs of like not having to ship loads of units and yeah, and that's the, that's not really materialised because they're now just claiming, well, you'll never lose it. But yeah, they also said they'd have virtual <clears throat> trade-ins and stuff. Uh, like, I'll admit, at the time, I was one heavily against it. Yeah, like I because. At the time, I didn't have a lot of money. Um, I didn't earn much. I was a part-time student, I think, or just out of uni. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have any money. Mm. So when they announced um, that they were they were going to remove the ability to trade in, I was like, "Well, that's that's how I get my games. Yeah. I buy pre-owned games. I buy maybe one full-price game a year, but I buy pre-owned games because I can't afford to get it." Now, I can afford to buy myself a new game every now and again, and I definitely would if it were if turn back time when I was in this position in 2013. Yeah, I would have won, I would have been on board like you. I, I remember at the time we were both discussing it, like, yeah, yeah, it, and I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get past the fact that I couldn't buy pre owned games. Yeah, which is which is stupid when you think about it, because developers get make no money from pre-owned. It's a horrible yeah, I mean, system. I, I, but... Yeah, I don't. I personally, I don't agree with it. I mean, it's the same with, um, you know, like you were saying, you like to have the physical the physical game. Like you like yeah. the cartridge. You like having the case. You like having mm-hmm. it on the shelf. And and so in that respect, I'd be like, well, why would you ever trade a game in? Like even when you finished it, it's like a book. Like you you or like a, yeah. when you buy a DVD, like 
it's nice to have a collection. You know, when people come around, they're like, oh, have you got this game? And then you might, you know, you might let some friends borrow it. But I'd never, I've only ever traded in one game and I regret doing it because <laughs> I wanted to play it again and I couldn't find it anywhere. And right. yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've still got the game on, an, on GameCube, but I also had it on the Xbox. Right. And yeah, I basically was like, right, well, yeah, I guess I can trade this in for a few quid off something else. What was it, Jet Set Radio? Um, no, it was X XGRA, so it's Extreme Gravity Racing Association. So you know the okay. the motorbikes, the futuristic yeah, yeah, yeah. motorbike kind of things. Um, yeah, because it was just, I think, not a lot of my friends had GameCubes, and so having the game on Xbox because I was really into the game, it was a good way for me to like, you know, go around to friends' houses and be like, cool, play this game with me because I absolutely love it and I want to like trash you all on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I say that, I might have it again. I don't know. But again, I'd love to just be able to press this button and it's all just there on a download. Well, that's so the thing. Sign me up. At the, at the time when, when Microsoft was announcing their online game service, I worked in a game shop and I traded in games. I lent games from the store. And the whole market around it's massive. Mm. But I'd love to see, for instance, the game shop I worked at, worked at went bust. They yeah. they went completely under because there was no money in it. So I'm wondering how much money there is now in pre-owned games. How many people are buying digital? I know, I think EA recently came out and said that a lot of their profit comes completely digital. People just buy the game on the console, yeah. done don't have to worry about it the thing is as well i think that's in a way that is the way it should be because the issue i had with game you know the reason why we get games is because game developers um have money to buy food to keep themselves alive so they can then make games for us so if i buy a secondhand game yes i'm getting their story i'm getting their experiences i'm getting a piece of their mind and a world they've created but they're not getting anything from me they might as well be doing it for free and i think that's why i've always been you know, in you know, I have downloaded stuff in the past. You know, the odd film and and the music, or you know, friends lent me their hard drive with like loads of albums on and stuff. But yeah. that's why I'm kind of a big advocate for getting stuff legitimately with yeah. some sort of transaction. Um, and I think with you know, with me and you both going to college, uh, sorry, uni, doing like a film course. Yeah. If we did in the future, how tangible that may be, become big Hollywood film directors, you know. And then to hear that your film's been like pirated out and basically the, no one's going to the cinema to watch it. You know, the decline of cinema is a different topic for a different day because I know we've been very much video games today and not much on film, but we will have a special one coming soon for films. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it'd suck and the whole, the whole thing would just like collapse. So I'm kind of glad in a way, no offence, that, that your uh, previous place of work has gone bust. Also yeah. that game... Uh, another game shop has had to like close half the stores it sounds terrible but it's a it's a step in the right direction for how the consumer can directly get quality stuff from the right source yeah well there's all these people isn't there that work at these stores and i i don't want them to lose their job but it's it's getting archaic at this point people aren't going to those stores anymore and i'm not entirely sure they will for much longer yeah. especially with the coronavirus already companies are going under it's been it's been a couple of weeks and they just can't can't they can't last without that constant consumer 
consumer base. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that was quite a long sort of tangent from uh, Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the only other thing we wanted to talk about was the fact that Nintendo, the because of the Nintendo Direct, didn't really announce anything Nintendo. And obviously now we have the rumors of Mario, but they are they are rumors. The only big AAA title they have announced that isn't yet released, um, and we know is in development further than Metroid Prime, which obviously got um, it got pulled back and they started development again. So that that could be twenty twenty two for all we know. Yeah, um, is Breath of the Wild two has a trailer. We know they've got a strong concept. They already have the engine built. What do you think? Do you think they'll release it this year? Um, I mean, I, I want to say yes, but I mean, yeah, E three would be June, wouldn't it? And that's when that's when we would know. So mm-hmm. it's still there's still all to play for in terms of finding out this summer whether the likes of Breath of the Wild from Nintendo, yeah. you know, Halo Infinite from Microsoft, if if they yeah. are all due to have a, a holiday in quotation uh, release. Yeah. Um, you know, and this, the same with the, the consoles, you know, the rumored Switch Pro, the Series X, you know, whether these things are going to, you know, the, the time that we're in at the moment with this with this virus pandemic is really unique in the sense, well, it, it's very, it's widespread. It's, it's not yeah. unique to one particular situation. It's affecting every single industry. But the way that it's affecting the games industry is, you know, unique to itself. And it's certainly something yeah. it's not had to deal with before. So, yeah. It, and you know you've got these these companies that are based in different countries and different countries are being affected differently so yeah, yeah it would be very interesting to know whether you know breath of the you know japango you know nintendo are like here yep here's breath of the wild obviously it's software we've done it all you can digitally download it and then on the flip side you've got microsoft like yeah we'd really love to get this xbox series x to you but we've not got any made or you know well, it's going to cost more for whatever reason from all reports, the Series X, Microsoft affirmed saying that they will definitely be able to release the time they release because unlike Sony, who have still yet to show the console, like the actual the, uh, mechanics of it, yeah, Xbox have shown it that apparently they've already had they've had them in production for quite some time. So it is possible for Microsoft to launch this holiday season, yeah, um, with with their console now. The Switch Pro, on the other hand, that's still heavily rumours, and even my dad, like me and my dad, are on completely different sides of the fence. I think it's a real thing that's happened, and they're developing them, and my dad's completely opposite. He does not think it exists. He thinks it's a pipe dream. Is the concept behind the Pro that it would be, you've got the light, you've got the regular, and the Pro, or would is this just yeah. like, would this reply? Ah, okay, because I just assumed it'd be like, the new switch and i know they've already done that with the improved like battery and graphics or something so maybe they just need to just top it up again well my biggest argument is for it that they would release one with a better processor and a better screen so the games i think the games currently play at 720p on the on handheld yeah on the current switch yeah the normal switch not the um mini light even they need to my, my um, argument is cool. that they just bump the the Switch Pro would have a 1080p screen. That that's it. That's that's the only thing I think they do. Bump up the processing power so it can handle that, and then potentially certain games can 
you know increase loading speeds it can in, increase all of these things because yeah. it's got a slightly better processor that's my opinion of the switch pro but my dad's very much against that they'd need to certainly have more i think they need to have more of a difference like a clear difference between what the switch light is and what the current regular switch is and that yeah i know there's obviously between us there's, there's clear differences and but I think there needs to be more of a like a financial difference. So I think they need to stick the switch light for everything that it's worth, you know, at yeah. you know the hundred and ninety nine quid, or maybe bump it down to one eight nine or something. And then the switch, they need to introduce like like you say another beefed up version that replaces the regular switch, and that starts at like three hundred and thirty or something. Yeah. So suddenly you've got an excess of a hundred pounds difference, and so. It's like, yeah, for you casual gamers that just want to play something handheld and take to the skate park or play on the train, you've got the Switch Lite, you know, and yeah. you could get rid of the DS at that rate. You know, there's, 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 there is app, um, like applied new, Nintendo's new handheld, proper handheld. Yeah. And then you've got their pro console, which also has those benefits. And that comes in more uh, at a, you know, 300 quid price mark. I mean, not necessarily that the price is the important factor, but yeah, they need to have some extra features in there that makes it significantly different to the Switch yeah, ma- that everyone's been using. Makes it worth buying. Yeah. Um, however, move, moving on from that, I don't. I just, either way, I don't think that's going to happen this year anymore. No, and it doesn't need to. No, they need more games. They need more games before, and I mean, like good games, not these random bubble pop party games that you see yeah. like in the in, in the, the pre-owned section in a game store where there's like loads of this game and it's like yeah. i don't even remember them selling this many we well we need we need some more triple a titles and obviously with e3 not being about these titles could get announced now and yes they'd be released digitally over physically but would this be the end of physical would would Corona be the the step into physical? I know a lot of publishers, Nintendo, Xbox, and Sony, will all prefer a digital release because they'll charge the same uh, fifty pounds, you know, sixty dollars for yeah. the game. However, they're making pure profit on that, like yeah. <laughs> because. And you know what? I'm fine not with that. To produce the actual game. Yeah, and but I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine, like I say, giving Nintendo money because the the enrichment, like the life, the literal life enrichment that I could argue I have been provided with by that company over my nearly 29 years of life. You know, I started playing games from a really early age and it was all Nintendo. Yeah. Like, Same here. I'm, I am happy to fund that for myself going forwards and for a further, ge- you know, younger generations. Like, it sounds crazy, like really kind of... Um, um, philanthropy kind of mentality but yeah I'm happy paying them instead of paying like game who have already sold it to someone and then they've sold yeah. it back for like a fiver off something else like yeah and and to be able to just press a button and download it and have it there within like half an hour is just it just makes sense to me now so I think going forward yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to just consider like streaming services and digital downloads as a more beneficial option long-term. Yeah. Well, on top of that, there's the whole... For instance, Britain may may now be in quarantine for three to six months. That's yes. the... They're the, the rumours. Whether this happens, 
who knows? Hopefully a cure will happen for coronavirus sooner, but it's unlikely. And if in six months' time we're still quarantined and in six months Nintendo go, yeah, Breath of the Wild 2, that will sell. Yeah, It will yeah, yeah. sell insanely well. Yeah. I know I'll buy a digital copy and I would love to have that on a hard copy. That could even lead to me buying that game twice. So I have the digital quality copy in quarantine and then buy the physical copy when we're out of it so i have that for my collection yeah and i know i'm not alone with that i think a lot of people would do it no no yeah yeah i agree i think for certain games it's worth sometimes pay like like i say i've got digital games where if they did like a limit like you say like a limited release of physical box art and and copies like i'd pay for it but it's the same you know with in front of me now I've, i've got like a record player with like sort of 20 to 25 of my kind of favorite um or most you know mostly played albums um, by artists that i like and you know i rarely use my record player but i'll still pick up the odd album even though i'm paying for a music streaming service and it's more it's kind of a cathartic sort of ritual of putting that up you know, the actual listening to the music isn't almost in that respect the most important thing it's kind of it's just a collection of it and and the you know the music i can source through my headphones on my phone wherever mm. i am um, and the, i guess the same goes for the game so being able to get the boxes is just a nice it's, it's the finishing touch it's a cherry on the it's a cherry yeah. on the cake um and i think i don't think it's going to go away anytime soon but what's nice is it's going to make that process a lot more sort of humbling and ritualistic for those that do like collecting the yeah. the cases. And yeah, I think that, that wraps it up. I mean, we, we've got now, what, potentially weeks or months of games to catch up on. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, that's what we're going to do. We're going to just play games, got, aren't we? Going forward, I've finally bought the Breath of the Wild DLC. I intend on playing that. Yes, I'm, do it. Oddly, I'm off next week. I mean, I'm just going to be staying indoors, but I'm still taking the time off. Um, so I'm going to intend. I intend on playing Breath of the Wild DLC completely through and avoiding Animal Crossing maybe for a week. Yeah, cool. Well, you do that. I'll play some more mini motorways, and we'll see you next week. 100%. Next week, hundred percent. Yeah, we'll do it next week. A hundred percent. I'm gonna. I'm gonna now edit this episode to get up tomorrow. Yeah. And then next week we will be back. Yeah. Whilst we are quarantined. Quarantine will, episode two next week. We will provide a weekly episode. It's not that difficult. No. We just we're just terrible at organizing. New things. episodes every week, and then review episodes, minisodes. There's gonna mini-sodes. be so much. We're gonna we're gonna try and. <laughs> flood flood your feed with content because Connor and Adam podcast forever forever yeah. over and over endless episodes we do really enjoy doing film this. and video and if you like Games. it like like us across all the platforms subscribe yeah. to the podcast feed we'll do more on Instagram I promise we'll do more on Instagram we'll try and do some more on Twitter we probably won't get to Twitter if I'm perfectly honest we'll get to Instagram yeah okay cheerio okay. Goodbye and stay safe, stay indoors. Wash your hands. Yeah.